What is up, horror nerds? It is now time for a very special bonus third episode for the first month of the 3FN Horror Show, brought to you by the 3FN Podcast, and here on the 3FN Podcast Network. Of course, I am the host of the 3FN Podcast, and also the host here. My name is Rich, and I am being joined once again by one of my co-hosts over on the 3FN Podcast, but you know him as the gray-bearded wizard, ladies and gentlemen, Ron. What's happening? We are back one final time for the spooky month of October, and we are going to end October with a bang, because we are going to talk about Halloween 1978. And before we go any further, let's get the the plugs out of the way. Let's get that little bit of business, that pesky business out of the way. Business? For all information about the 3FN podcast, including our social medias, including our Patreon, including the Public, friends of the show, musical directory, and the local sponsors, make sure you visit 3FNpodcast.com. It's your one-stop shop there. If you would like to get this show early, plus everything else we do early, and bonus extra uh, content that we create, you can join that Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast. Once again, that link is at 3FNpodcast.com. But I just wanted to give it a throw out there. And of course, this particular podcast that we do on the 3FN Network is sponsored by sci-fi horror fest that's right it goes down august 25th and 26th of 2023 i know it's a little ways out but to keep up to date with all the news and ticket information coming out make sure you visit them online sci-fi horror especially right now if you're listening to this when it goes live october 28th through october 31st is your first opportunities to get weekend passes for sci-fi horror fest and you're going to get them the cheapest you can it'll be 20 dollars. it's not going to be this cheap any other time it's just a four-day sale. So if you want to get that out, also, there's a very special piece of swag that you get Ooh, if you order them early. Swag. There you go. But SciFiHorrorFest.com for all that information. Of course, that link is also at 3FNPodcast.com. But we thank the folks at Sci-Fi Horror Fest for sponsoring the 3FN Horror Show. I mean, it is fitting that they sponsor this. Well, yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Well, the reason why we're doing Halloween 1978 with, first of all, let's be honest, it's a classic. I mean, we're going to give away the score early. It's 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 it doesn't really need to be reviewed. No, uh, but we're going to get, tell you what we liked about it, the, the maybe short dislikes, and we'll we'll give you our official scoring on it. But there's a bigger reason to do this because over the time of doing the three FN horror show, we will be doing we will be reviewing all the Halloweens, and in the Halloween world, it's a real convoluted world. I, I've I've only seen like half of them. I'll be honest. So, well, maybe you'll get a chance to see them later and if you're doing those episodes with me. So that'd be kind of cool. And we're going to do them every October. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to break it down because it is like the New York City transit map, the subway transit map. (laughs) I've said that before because there's different branches that come off, but they all have in common the original Halloween with the exception of the Rob Zombie remakes, H1 and H2. The exception of those, they have all to do with that original movie so every timeline and there's three timelines in the normal universe and and i'm not counting going in order and just watching all the films the timelines are simple there is the what they call the thorn saga that is halloween halloween 2 halloween 4 halloween 5 curse of michael myers that is the thorn saga right then there's the h20 saga that's halloween h20 and halloween resurrection 
And then there's the H40 saga, which is the original Halloween, which we're talking about here, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. So those are the three current branches of the Halloween side trips. And then, of course, you have the one addendum at the bottom, which is the remake, which we'll cover that as well. And then there's also Halloween 3, which has nothing to do with anything, and uh, but it's still a good time. But Halloween does play in the background. It does. And it is named Halloween, but uh, it's always gotten a bad name because, let's be honest, everybody is looking for the original Halloween, and it's not. With that being said, next year... I already can tell you, we're going to be reviewing Halloween 3 and then Halloween 2. And Halloween 2 is kind of what I call the lost movie. I'm calling those two the lost movies because Halloween 3 has nothing to do with Michael Myers, really. And Halloween 2 is the movie that only counts in the Thorn saga. So we'll get into the more Thorn movies the following year. But it's also kind of the forgotten movie even in that saga. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they only use it for one setup point. And so I figured next year, next October, Halloween 3, in this order too, we're going to flip-flop them. Halloween 3 and we'll end with Halloween 2. And then the following year, we'll actually give you 3 in October. That will be the Thor, Thorn saga 4, 5, and Curse. The following year from that would be H20 and Resurrection. And last but certainly not least, the final year, It'll be enough time to go back through this 40-year timeline that we've been revisiting since 2018. And that's kind of, we'll see if our opinions change. I don't think they're going to, but we'll see. That'll be a few years down the line. And if you're like, hey, Rich, are you still going to be doing this a few years? Listen, we've been, we're, we're in year five, so I feel like I feel like everything, you know, well, technically we're in year four going into five, yes. but we're closely approaching the five-year anniversary. I think we're, we're safe to say that you guys are going to stick with, we're going to stick with you guys for a little while. So you have a lot to look forward to on the 3FN Horror Show. Plus, I also want to give a little spacing to the major franchises because obviously, uh, like I want to do some gimmicky stuff. So October is Halloween time. That gives us that time to do the Halloween movies. And then also like Friday the 13th. Every time there's a Friday the 13th, I want to drop uh, an episode that goes in order for the Friday the 13th films. And I'll figure out some kind of fun shit for the Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream franchises and all that happy stuff. But I want to get those franchise stuff out there so we can also do the fun things and uh, horror movies that people don't normally talk about. Like one of my personal favorites of all time, April Fool's Day. Like uh, Critters, the Critters, Critters franchise. I'd love, love to talk about those. We're going to talk about, and we are. We're going to talk about movies like The Prowler. We're going to talk about fan films. There's a whole lot of stuff that we're actually going to cover on this program and you know doing it bi-monthly and a couple times maybe three times if there's something special coming on is going to really help us dive into those more obscure films that maybe you haven't seen that maybe you should check out but still giving you those big franchises that you want to you know see and gives you something to look forward to in my opinion i like it so let's jump right in, Ron. Shall we talk about Halloween? We're going to give you kind of the particulars. Once again, spoiler alert is not, you know, it's not, the, the whole thing is a spoiler. Yes. <laughs> this movie came out in 1978. We're right now, 44 years ago, <laughs> is when Halloween dropped. Coincidentally, I'm 44 years old. Same year you were born. I know. Amazing. And speaking of which, October 25th, 1978. So actually, as we record this show, it is exactly, it's 40 fourth or yeah 44th birthday oh nice <laughs> think about that ironically enough we are recording you guys aren't getting in until friday but we are recording on the 25th huh. in 1977 my parents were probably conceiving me at this moment oh good shit because my dad got hired at the fire department at the time and my mom was giving him yeah that was 77 but yeah. a year later yeah halloween dropped so you were created around the same time yeah, look at that shit it. brother see how that works i like it i like it of course uh, it has a runtime of 91 minutes this is gonna blow your fucking mind by the way ron okay the budget of this film was three hundred thousand to three hundred and twenty-five thousand. Yes, the budget of this film was a little over a quarter of a million dollars. 
Yeah. And do you know what it made in the box office run? No. Go ahead and give it a guess. Uh, oh, no. It didn't make it didn't make millions at the time. No, it did make millions. I'll oh, give you that clue. Oh, okay. So, like, $4.5 million? Oh, Ron, you're way off. $70 million. Oh, did dollars. Back then? Gigantic, yes. Gigantic wow. fucking hit. Uh, hence why we have a franchise. Sir. Well, I understand why we had a franchise. I just didn't realize it was like that because I didn't pay attention. Well, this movie was directed by the great John Carpenter. Of course, John Carpenter, we're not going to go through everything, but John Carpenter has brought you everything from Assault on Precinct 13 to They Live to <laughs> Escape from New York to The Fog and you know Prince of Darkness. It goes on. If you don't know who John Carpenter is and you're listening to a horror program, stop right now. Go figure <laughs> it out because I don't know how you don't know. Uh, of course, he also wrote the screenplay, of course, with his longtime uh, uh, writing and collaborator, Deborah Hill. Yes. Originally, they titled this screenplay was The Babysitter Murders. Yes. So that's pretty awesome that they, they started off that way. And last but not least, Dean Cundy was the director of photography. And this is one of his first movies as well. He would go on, by the way, to be the director of photography for some great movies called Jurassic Park, Apollo 13, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future 3, and more. Nice. So Dean Cundy, man, made a fucking name after being uh, the cinematographer for this film. Sounds good to me. I think this launched a million careers, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I watched uh, whatever they did, Movies That Made Us or something. Yeah. I watched the Halloween one of those. Well, that brings us to the cast. And honestly, a lot of the cast you'll know because they are just basically, they become stars over the years. We're not going to talk about what they did prior to the movie because... Uh, well, Donald Pleasance you can, because let's be honest, Donald Pleasance has been a gigantic star forever. He played Dr. Sam Loomis. Yes. Uh, he started off, by the way, in old war movies and westerns. Yes. He he was in uh, the only, uh, no, of course, James Bond as well, because he was in You Only Live Twice as Blofeld. He was the oh, original right. Blofeld. Forgot about that. And then he was in The Great Escape, speaking yes. of war movies. He was in Escape. Later on, he would be in Escape from New York and so much more. Of course, most people do remember him now for being in the Halloween franchise. Of course, the scream queen of all, Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis. This was one of her first major roles. This is where she got the title of scream queen because she would go on to do Prom Night mm-hmm. and Terror Train and a whole lot of other things. But, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, True Lies is on yeah. that list. If you go on, she's been in uh, quite a few of the Halloween movies, obviously, and a ton of stuff. Once again, legendary career all started here on the original Halloween in 78. Uh, Tony Moran played Michael Myers, age 23 is what they call him, because there's also a kid, Michael Myers. <laughs> Spoiler alert, if you didn't know, what? he kills the, the opening scene. We'll talk about that. Another one? But Tony Moran's actually not the stuntman who plays Michael Myers. That would be Nick Castle. And, and technically, that is just called The Shape. Yes. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know out there and maybe is not as familiar with the Halloween series, when the actor who is actually portraying the masked Michael Myers is referred to as The Shape. Yeah. Because that's how he is referred to in the script. Tony Moran actually played Michael Myers. He's the one that you see breaking out of the insane asylum. He's also the one you see when his mask gets pulled up in the hallway, uh, if you remember that part of the movie. He went on to do a bunch of other, like a bunch of like lower budget horror films. He has become quite the horror icon. Nancy Keys played Annie, or Kai, sorry, Nancy Kai's played Annie. She's been in a ton of movies after this. She was in Assault on Precinct 13. She was in The Fog. She was in Halloween 3 as the uh, wife oh, yeah, <laughs> of, she was. of the Doctor character. Yeah, I just watched that. Yeah, so 
she's done a ton of stuff, but she made her not her debut here, but she she made a big impact in Halloween. PJ Souls plays Linda. As we all remember, most of us were in love with Linda early on, if you were that. But she was also Norma and Carrie. She played Stella in Stripes, and she was in Rock and Roll High School, amongst other things. PJ Souls is uh, also a horror icon. Uh, Sheriff Brackett, played by Charles Cyphers, still doing his damn thing. Kyle Richards plays Lindsay Wallace. We've seen her come back, but of course, she's also known as uh, one of the housewives. Uh, she was also in The uh, Watcher, The Car. She's done a ton of movies as a young girl and going forward in her life. Brian Andrews played Tommy Doyle. Uh, that would uh, later be taken over by Paul Rudd and then once again by Michael Anthony Hall in the newest movies. Yes. Uh, he's been in a ton of stuff as well. Not Mostly TV, Days of Our Lives is what he's mostly known for outside of here. And then there's just a ton of other people that are, you know, backup cast and crew. And it's always a wonderful thing. Uh, should you give a shout out to the child who played uh, Michael Myers, Will Sandin, plays my, played the six-year-old Michael Myers. Well, let's dive into the movie, shall we, Ron? Sure. So, let's. we're just going to give you likes and dislikes. Like I said, I don't think we have to make this whole long thing. It's just kind of to get into this, because this is going to be a reference point going back on the timeline. But, let's be honest. The things that this movie did were legend, wait for it, dairy. Yes, it was. This movie like really captured everything that would go on to be what the slasher craze and horror craze of the 1980s was in 1978. Yes, there's some borrowed stuff from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, there was some borrowed stuff from Psycho. There's a lot of things and it's not like John Carpenter shies away from that. You always have inspiration. But what they did here with everything would go on to really launch the horror golden age in my opinion in the 1980s. I believe it. From shooting the way they shot this film, this movie was shot with some really cool stuff, including that in in the opening of this movie where we get the young Michael Myers. First of all, you don't know it's a child at first. Where we get the stalking of the killer through the house, and, the, and it's a one shot. Yeah, It's a never-ending shot. It's not an edited at all. There's no edit marks. They took the one shot of somebody walking to the house, looking in, seeing the girl and the boyfriend, coming around into the house, going into the kitchen, grabbing the knife. You see the hand grab the knife. Then you see the, per the, the you're in the killer's eyes. Yeah. You see that come in. You see the boyfriend leave out the door. Then you see the killer go up the stairs. You see him bend over and pick up uh, a clown, like a clown mask that was on the ground. You see it put him on. So now you got the two eyes because you're looking through the clown mask. Mm -hmm. You see the then you see it enter the room where the sister is topless, combing her hair. And when she turns around, she says, "Michael," but you've never seen who Michael is. Yeah. And then you see the hand stabbing the sister, and you're like, "Oh shit, this is kicking off." And then it comes to the then it cuts, and when it comes back from cut, it's the parents pulling up to the house, and as they pull up, and you see who it is, it's little six year old Michael Myers standing there with a bloody knife with blood on him. Yep. So he six year old Michael Myers kills his sister in the opening scene, and a one shot was at that time. It was almost unheard of to do that one shot yeah. move. As a matter of fact, they were one of the first to use that steady cam. Yes. In that movie. So groundbreaking stuff right from the jump of this movie. Then on top of this, in the past, you know, horror movies were really kind of, you know, going off of like your fears and stuff. Even like when you watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's like this could happen to you and the hitchhiker and da 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 da. But they never showed you, like, the stalking of the prey, if you will. They didn't have, you know, in Texas Chainsaw, I don't really have, like, a lot of suspense. No. This movie is the first movie where we build the suspense. Michael Myers breaks out of, you know, the insane asylum. And then once he hits Haddonfield and he steals a rope <laughs> and, a, and a mask. Yes. 
we're off to the races. Now we see him, you know, Laurie Strode looking out of her class window and there's Michael Myers standing there. The kid runs into Michael Myers. And of course, adding in the great score from John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Like when the kid runs into Michael Myers and you hear the... Yep. And then the... Like this simplistic piano. Of course, we haven't even gotten to the... That was almost like halfway through, I think. Well, they did it in the open, but yeah, they then they do it later on. It's like when he's really stalking. Because remember, they... And one of my favorite, when he's going after, like you, they build the suspense of, is he there or not? Like when he kills Annie, like you're like, is he there? Is he not there? Oh, no, I mean, he's not there. Wait a minute. He's got to be in the car. The windows are foggy. What's going on here? And then all of a sudden he, he strangles her and you're yep. like, oh shit. Like yep. it's about fucking time, but they build the suspense. And then like my favorite like piece of work he does is the, is the stalking like on the hunt, I should call it. It's not even stalking. The stalking is like him standing outside and like Lori looking out and seeing him next to the, the laundry yes. and then looking back and he's gone. Yes. Or like him like peeking out in the corner and that suspense and is he going to strike? Is he not going to strike? And that's the stalking. And then a lot of that, you hear that do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. That, that, that sound in the score. My favorite though is the hunt. The didn't, didn't, yes. didn't. It reminds me of Jaws. Yes. And I'm sure that's exactly why it was supposed to. Because, yeah, you know, yeah, when the shark, you know, the shark comes, and then it picks up, as it gets closer. With Michael, you have to, and as he gets closer, it just builds. Yes. And I love that feeling. It builds such a suspense. It builds like this thing. And a lot of horror movies don't use that. No. That was the one thing. Like, when people talk about Friday the 13th being like the, the first official slasher, I would agree with that. I think this movie, I mean, I know the blueprint was started by Halloween, but you got to remember there's only like five deaths in this movie. Yeah. But each one of them feels like you you watch him stalk for the movie. You, you're you waiting, you're anticipating, the suspense builds, and then bam, it happens. And, and in a lot of ways in Friday the 13th, not shitting on it, it's just basically there. Yeah. It's just like, we're here for the kills, baby. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm fine with. But I think that this movie, building that suspense, and prior to this, you know, you had movies like Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes, where they were kind of like more of a gore fest, more of a like, you know, this could happen to you, but yeah. it was like kind of over the top. This movie is like, wow, we're going into the mind of a killer. We're suspense. We're really terrified at the thoughts of, wait a minute, is he behind that door to get her? Wait a minute, he's not. Oh, no, he's behind that door. Yeah. And it like the lighting, like Michael Myers, like the famous scene where where Laurie's standing there next to the stairs, and then all of a sudden the light come like there's no light, but the way that they use the light, yeah. the mask comes into focus slowly, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh shit, he's in that doorway. Yeah. Or when he gets up, you can't kill the boogeyman. Yeah. It's it's one of those great things. Uh, I know I'm gushing over it right now. So Ron, is there any likes that you want to throw out there as well? The actually, honestly, the pacing of this movie is really well done when, when with all that stalking and all that stuff. There's a lot of other movies that try to do that, and it's just the pacing isn't right, and it and it throws off the whole movie for me. This is the pacing is right on cue. It's Agreed. exactly everything you need to see uh, when you need to see it, and then when it happens, you're like, oh, yep, that's it. Well, I guess shooting a three hundred thousand dollar film in thirty days, yeah. I guess. It, but once again, there's other people who've done it and just didn't pull it off. And I, you're right. Most movies it's either rushed yeah. or it's too slow and the payoff sucks. Yeah. This movie is like the the Goldilocks zone. Yeah. It's like dead perfect. 
We get a great amount of stalking, but you never complain about it. Yeah. Because it's always building to something, and then the payoff's always there. Yes. And I really do dig that. Anything else that you liked? Uh, like, obviously, you, you said it, the, the score is amazing with everything that they used. Like, the music is part of this movie that, you know, it really sets it up for everything that's going on. Like, and you need that for this movie. Oh, I agree. I think if you took the music out, it's just like Jaws. If you take yeah. the music out, the movie probably would drop. Yes. Like the music is that important to build that suspense, to build that atmosphere, to let you know when you're, it keeps you uneasy. Yeah. Cause like when he's stalking, you hear that do, 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 do. Like you might, you know, after you've watched it once, you know, he's not going to kill there, but you're still on edge. Like, yeah. Ooh, he's, he's around. Yes. And then when that hunt music starts, you're like, uh Oh, yep. we're there. Or like for, the jump kills where he kills quickly is that yeah. but it's all stuff that they do like in modern video games when you oh, get to yeah. like a boss fight all of a sudden the music changed and you're like oh there's a boss around and yeah it's all stuff that has come full circle and it, like it, that part of the music for this movie is part of the movie you need that and I've heard before John Carpenter has said that Jaws was a big influence. That he, I, yeah. he wanted Michael Myers to be Jaws, pretty much. Which is fine. Which I, I hey, if you're going to borrow from something, borrow from fucking Jaws. Yeah. And that's why we have the Halloween themes that we have. And I mean, obviously, the famous theme is the theme that they play in the beginning and at the end of the movie. And I think one time during the movie, yeah. it plays during the third act. But outside of that, you hear most of those other takes that are so good. And I think in some of the future movies in this franchise, they go away from that score. And it's like, no, no, no. stay with that score. And they do on Unfortunately, I think that those that's why some of those movies aren't as good as this movie because they go away from matching it up. And we'll talk about that later, obviously, as we go through over the years. But I just this movie is one of those movies where gun to your head. I'm like always like there's this is almost damn perfect. Yeah. You don't even notice the little like the little studies. And I understand people will be like, well, the license plates were, were California and it's supposed to be in Illinois. Well, you're in California. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Like who cares about that? Or that you could see palm trees, you yeah, know, cause like, in some of the shots who we know that they show, shot it in Pasadena. It's fine, but they still yeah. gave you the Halloween feel. It's, they imported leaves from Ohio. Yeah. They, they, they had to get uh, the, the gorge and paint them orange. Cause they couldn't get enough yeah. pumpkins. Um, and like, so I don't even think there was a real pumpkin on set. The ingenuity was great. Yeah. The, the person they had to pay the most money to was Donald Pleasance. They made sure they shot his shit in like a week. Yeah. So that they shot all of his scenes so they didn't have to pay him more, Yeah. which was fine. And that's good. And it worked out. And like, there's all those little crazy things. Now, there is some things in the movie, of course, and we're gonna. I'm gonna be nitpicky because I want to have some dislikes. I don't okay. want to be the guy who just gushes. <laughs> okay. Of course, one of the biggest errors in this film, and it drives me nuts as just somebody who's what you know is 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 too smart for my own good sometimes, is the of course Sam Hain mess up. What's? Or no, that's in the second movie. But they talk about Sam Hain in this movie as well. Okay. It's Sawin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah, second yeah. one, they have it on the board, and he says Sam Hain. And this one, he at some point, goes, oh, the Sam Hain Festival. It's Samhain. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's really weird. In the first two movies, they do the Sam Hain thing. And you're yeah. like, it's Samhain. But okay, I get it. And most people don't give a fuck, because most people don't know. Yeah. But it's one of those things that are like, come on, take it out of the movie. The other thing is, uh, with the Donald Pleasance character of Dr. Loomis, I've always found him perplexing in the movies. And sometimes it works to the benefit that, you know, because he's not exactly a good guy and he's not exactly a bad guy. No. He's somewhere in between. And I like how they show him this movie, although there's nothing that makes you love him in this movie. But I guess that was on purpose due to the fact that they didn't know that they were going to do more. Right. Because remember, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill just wanted to make this an anthology. Yeah. They're going to do this story, and then next year they were going to do a different story, like what they did with Halloween 3 eventually. Yeah. But because Michael Myers caught on, they did a sequel, which was never planned, but they had to write one anyways. 
So I think that they just wanted the doctor to, you know, although they hired Donald Pleasance as a great actor who they could put on the fucking, you know, marquee, I think they also were kind of like, well, if he's a dick, he's a dick. You don't yeah. have to like him. Yeah. Because, I mean, most of the movie, he's a fucking dick that yeah. you don't like. This yeah. movie in particular. Other movies, you, he's a lovable dick. Yeah. I mean, the only part that I loved him on, but he's still a dick in there, is, of course, the... Move your ass, Lonnie. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> and, and, and that's always fun. But outside of that, he's like, death has come to your small town. Yes. <laughs> you know, like it's fucking, it's it, this weird fucking like out, out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, he's, he's just, so I, I'm like, man, I wish they would have made him like the lovable dick later on. But once again, can't really fault them because they didn't know there was going to be a sequel. Right. They thought that they were just making an anthology film. Hey, we'll hire a name to put on the marquee because really they were trying to create a star in this young Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. That was their star of the movie, but they needed a marquee to sell tickets. Yes. And Donald Pleasance did that because he was a known commodity. And, and so he should be a great actor. One of the greatest well, of all time. Yeah, amazing. So it's one of those things. And of course, he worked with John Carpenter on Precinct 13, Assault on Precinct 13. He worked on with John Carpenter on Escape from New York or, or yeah, Escape from New York because yep. L.A. was the sequel. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, there was a relationship there between Pleasance and Carpenter. And it, it, it's a good it's a good relationship. Yeah. But I just wish there was more. But once again, I think if John Carpenter and Deborah Hill would have gone into the movie realizing, oh, we're going to do a same night sequel. I think we would have gotten a different one. Because if you notice in the sequel in two. He becomes that lovable dick. He's yeah. an asshole at times, but you also like, okay, we understand him. Yeah. And he means well. He's trying to protect people. Yeah. In the first one, it's just like he's a fucking, he, you would be confused. He's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, he is. You, a you, fucking you, lunatic. You, you, yeah, he, it's like the who's running the asylum. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. It's like, is Michael the patient or, or is, is fucking he, Lewis is the, the patient? patient? Yeah, you, you do get that feel through this movie. Is there any dislikes you had about Halloween? Like overall, not really. Like I watched it late, obviously, because I was born the year it came out. So like I didn't get into horror until. Uh, late 80s so it, you know i was doing the the run throughs like more mid you know like 90s like when uh nightmare on elm street and all that was on high so i was doing the run throughs and like for the most part this is a very entertaining uh movie that you know did start off a horror genre for the most part yes there's a couple other ones beforehand that could be considered but i think this was the mainstream one that actually pushed everybody towards and make them that uneasy feeling of an individual like because this Mike like it or not Michael Myers is a person he is and I love that about this movie yeah. in particular this movie and even going into two they are very careful to be like he is not supernatural no he is a human being yeah. yes he takes damage yes you know whatever however you want to explain that yeah and but at the end of the day he's a human being yeah. and, and once again you know he gets shot and falls off the balcony you can live through that now are you going to commit all these murders after I don't know but Right. Once again, they've later on you could explain it with he has one of the, the the syndrome where he doesn't feel pain. Yeah, but he was still a human because their whole goal to that is even the, the first one is that oh evil still exists the boogeyman doesn't die so he's out there and they weren't going to do a sequel so that was the whole thing but when they do the sequel they of course had to make it more interesting so yeah. he kind of seems like he bounces back from it quicker. Yeah. However, at the end of that movie, they blow his ass up pretty much. Yeah. And but like but the start of this whole like you said this was the start it was only supposed to be one thing. Like, but it it's said something because like like it or not, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Like, yes, the first one, spoiler alert, is the mother, but she dies at the end. After that, it's all this random, immortal Jason thing. Well, actually, at first, I'll give it credit. At first, the first 
the two, the first three that he's in, so two, three, and four, technically he's a normal human being. I mean, I do understand he takes a fucking axe to the head at the end of three, and you could be like, okay, he doesn't live through that, but you could live through it. Right. And after after four, we know he's a zombie, because yeah. when he comes back in six, yeah. he's a fucking, we know yeah. he's a zombie, because we see him get brought back to life. Yes. And then, so, yeah. And then you got Friday the 13th with Freddy, he's a, a dream demon. Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Dark dream Nightmare, demon, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. My, and... Like it, these are like they actually get the feel that this is a real person, because uh, you know it, that that means a lot. Like somebody, you know, right? And the methodical stalking helps yeah. that. Like that's what a fucking crazy serial killer ass fucking dude would do is stalk yeah. his prey before he kills them. Yeah, that's what serial killers did. So I mean, kudos to them on that. Like I said, this is the first, in my opinion. There's a lot of horror films that had some suspense in them, but this is the first one that builds suspense. In my opinion, the atmosphere is built up. The the music adds to that. It's it's just. Fucking, there's so many great things, and and then the cinematography. Yes. Dean Cundy does a fucking phenomenal job in oh, this movie does. and pulls some shit out of his ass that had never been done before Halloween. You know, yeah. so kudos to Dean Cundy. Um, that's gonna bring us to going around the internet and getting some scores around the internet before we give our scores, Ron. And uh, first up, IMDb, seven point seven out of ten. Nice. Rotten Tomatoes, ninety six percent. And the Google users, they have ninety percent. Yeah. Uh, so very high. Of course, there's always going to be some out there that don't like things, don't know how you don't like this. It's time now for us to give our grade, our score, the nerd score, Ron. And for those of you who might not know, the nerd scale is simple. We do it like this. It is a mixture of the critic score, entertainment score, and recommendation. So it could be if we if the critic score is a little low, but it was super entertaining, it may raise the score. If it's uh, if, if and vice versa, also. It's a recommendation, so we're trying to let you know if you should be vested or not. The scale is as follows. It's five It's five levels. First level, no. This means the movie is terrible. It's the worst of the worst. You should never watch this movie. Stay far away. Two, as you've been warned, that means it's not quite terrible, but it's also not good. That means you've been warned. Don't watch it. Three is, ah, it's good. This is an average to good movie. It's a movie you shouldn't go out of your way to see, but at the same time, if you happen to turn it on or start watching it, eh, you're not going to be upset. It's not like you wasted your time, but it's nothing you should go out of your way to see. Four is just take my money. These are very good to great films. They are essential films. These are the movies that you should go out of your way to see at least. And if you have to spend money on them, feel free to do it. That's why it's just take my money. And at the five slot is the rarefied air. It is certified nerd. These are the classics. These are movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park, and so on and so forth. These are the movies that have stood the test of time. And when we look back, are the greatest of the greats. And this is in our opinion. And if it's not, of course, all these scores are our opinion. But you can score from there. Ron, with that being said, on the nerd scale, what do you give Halloween 1978 and why? Definitely giving this a five. Like it, We've said it before. Um, it, it is one of those masterpiece films. It is nearly perfect all the way around. Like you said, the gripes that we have aren't even real gripes. They're, they're, it's the, nitpicky it's shit. It's nitpicky stuff from play, like when back in the day, they filmed on locations that weren't real locations. They just said they were in New York City or over here or over there. There's a lot of movies where the license plates don't add up. There's a lot of movies you see a palm tree that shouldn't be there. This this is what happened back in the day because they didn't have destination spots. They were Hollywood was Hollywood. Like that's where they filmed. Now now that's changed. They they, they know people pay attention to that. Um, back then, you know, cameras weren't that sharp, so you had to actually look at the license plate and be like, oh, that says California. So like the nitpicky stuff. 
whatever. Let's just move on. This is definitely something that started a genre, started a series, and it, it's and it, you can watch it once a year, and you're not going to be upset about it. Absolutely, and I agree with all those sentiments, and I also agree with it is a five. This is certified nerd all day. This is the essential, essential horror film. This is the film that kicked off the golden age of horror. Now, mind you, I love 70s grindhouse horror movies. We all know that. We're going to talk about a lot of them on this show. And at the same time, though, this is the movie that I'm like, okay, when we kicked off the Golden Age, 1978, Halloween is where it started. Yes. From here on out, you see that they borrowed it, including holidays. This is the one where we had to start naming movies after holidays, yes. including Friday the 13th, including April Fool's Day, including a, a ton of movies. You know, even, I mean, they didn't name it after, but Silent Night, Deadly Night is yeah. also because of Christmas. And this is one of those reasons, Black Christmas, which came out before this, which Halloween does borrow some of the stalking yeah. elements from Black Christmas. Like, but once again, I think that even though I love Black Christmas, which was before this movie, I still think that this does everything almost perfect. Yeah. Like it took everything before it, whether it was Black Christmas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Psycho, which are all great movies and will at one point rate them officially, which I can kind of give you the little wink, wink, nod, nod that you know where they're going to be rated. But at the same point in juncture, it took all of that and then it mixed it and it came out of the other end like this almost perfect bundle of joy. I don't believe anything is perfect, so I never give anything a 10 out of 10. Maybe I should change that, but uh, I'll tell you what. This gets a 9.5 out of 10. That's the highest score I ever give anything is a 9.5 yeah. out of 10. This movie gets a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah. With the exception of a couple minor fucking eh parts. And I by eh parts, I mean like calling it Sam Hain instead of Salen and like they'll just nitpicky shit. That's why I don't believe anything's perfect. This is the one of the best movies you're ever going to watch. This is that rare. When we talk about the, the the meaning of Certified Nerd, this is a movie I think of in Jaws is a movie yeah. I think of, which we haven't officially <laughs> rated, but there you go. But that's yeah. that's the movies I think of. And I understand both of them technically are horror movies, and they both were blockbusters because they made a shit ton of money yes. in the movie theater. There's a reason behind that. You can't knock it, down movies that have just done great. Yeah, this is like one of those horror movies that you could actually show like uh, like a young teen like without it being too it's not too graphic it's not over the top kills like that it's enough to give the suspense and stuff too like if you if you are one of those parents that like to do horror mm -hmm. movies and all that stuff this is one of those few that you can you know see see how see how they react to it like i'm not saying like an eight year old or anything i know there are some people that do that wait but, till they're like 10 11 yeah, 12 yeah, depending upon yeah. your kid you have yeah. you know your kid better than yeah. Anybody, yeah i agree with you there well that brings us to the end of our review of the original Halloween 1978. If you agree, disagree, or otherwise, and you want to throw something at us, make sure you go to 3FNPodcast.com. All the links are there. All the social media links. The, you can contact us through email. Also, the link to the Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNPodcast is there as well. The T Public Store. Get some nerd swag in the wild and help support the show a little bit as well. Also, shout-outs to Obscure Form, who provides us with the opening song that we use for the 3FN Horror Show. You can find all that information for them, plus the other bands in our musical directory. Shout-outs to friends of the show, like the ODPH, for supporting us as our brothers in 607 Podcast, and most importantly, to the local sponsors you can also find on 3FNPodcast.com. By name, the one that sponsors this show exactly is Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Remember those tickets, 28th through the 31st, $20 weekend passes. I know it doesn't play, take place until August 25th and 26th of 2023, but the ball is rolling. So make sure you are visiting SciFiHorrorFest.com. Well, that is going to do it for the month of October. You got three 
three FN horror shows in the first month of its existence. Next month, it will become bi-weekly again. We are going to bring two shows straight at you. So I can tell you right now what they are, Ron. Ooh. We are going to celebrate November the only way we know how because Turkey Day is coming up in November. So I've picked two movies. Well, technically three, because one is going to be a double feature. What? That is going to deal with the Thanksgiving season, kind of. So what I mean by that is the first movie you'll get, the first one, the 3FN Horror Show. So 3FN Horror Show number four coming out in November. I don't have the date yet for you, but keep your eyes posted. Is going to be, what is the best pie to have on Thanksgiving, Ron? What is it known for? Uh Pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie is the answer. So why not do pumpkin head? So we're going to do the original pumpkin head. And then also, we are going to end it up in Diesel is joining for this. Diesel does not watch horror movies, but he's joining for this. We're going to do a double feature the week of Thanksgiving. It'll probably drop on Black Friday even. Or maybe we'll drop it on Thanksgiving so you have something to do with your your parents. Because it's gobble gobble time. We're doing Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving 3 as a double feature on the 3FN Horror Show. So we're going to have a little bit of fun with Diesel from the 3FN. And I have a special guest, uh, I think, lined up for the Pumpkinhead episode. But I'm not letting that cat out of the bag yet. Well, Ron, for uh, us here at 3FN Horror Show, it is time to say goodbye until the next episode. For myself... For Ron, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and make sure you watch out for those things that go bump in the night, because you never know when Michael Myers is going to get you.